talking about prayer and wrapping up that series today. So two weeks ago, Pastor Josh was here and he was talking about God's four answers to our prayer. Every prayer is answered in one of four ways by God. And three of those are yes. And so if you missed that, go to bridgewater.church and uh, listen. Uh, just a great, insightful um, a message uh, from God's Word about, about our prayers. Last week, we talked about how, how do we pray in a powerful way? How do you have a powerful prayer? And a powerful prayer is, number one, he obeys God's will. And then he also prays God's will. And, and so we then closed with an incredible story of prayer, Brian and Lainey sharing in their own lives about how God answered prayer for them. And um, today we're going to talk about and wrap things up about how um, to pray God's words back to him. And a lot of this uh, message is going to be uh, coming off of this book, uh, Praying the Bible um, by uh, Donald Whitney. And uh, some of you ordered it. It says it's $13.99 and I knew that was crazy. So I said it's 10 bucks. But come to find out, we got it for six. So if you bought it for $10 last week, you can go to the Welcome Center and get your $4 back if you would like. Some of you bought copies for random anybody who would want them. So if you can't afford one, we'd love to give it to you. We just want to make sure if you get it that you actually read it. So, um, so go back there and hopefully I gave them all the ones I had and hopefully they'll be able to make change. So um, but this is just a great book, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But some of, some of what I want to talk about today is really about how do you put a spark back in your prayer life. So some of you don't have this problem at all, and God bless you, and praise the Lord for that, because you just, you just love getting together with God every day. You're just excited and passionate, and you just can't wait to maybe even spend more time in prayer. Um, you know, and, and so that's where you're at, and that's great. Others of you right now, you're in a crisis, let me tell you, your prayer is not boring when you're in a crisis. It's a lifeline. And Brian and Laney talked about that last, last Sunday, about how Brian, he just praying like he, he had never prayed before, just, just so raw and real. And God, we need you right now. I need you to do this, God, please. Um, and, and so, but if you're not in a crisis, and if you have been a follower of Christ for for any length of time and you're like a normal follower of Christ, there are times where praying becomes just, just difficult and boring and tedious even. And so how do you change that up? So there's a couple things to do. Number one is change the, the place of your prayer. So maybe you, you always pray. I, I often sit up in bed and I pray in bed. Sometimes I lie down and pray, but then usually I fall back asleep and then the alarm goes off again and it doesn't work so well. But um, others of you, you got a set place, but you know what? Sometimes it's just helpful to walk and pray. And walking around Montrose in certain areas, um, you, you know, I just pray for people who live certain places, and as I pass certain businesses, people who work there, that kind of thing. Or you can walk in the woods and just be reminded of God's awesome creation. And it just adds a new and a fresh dynamic to prayer, and it's a, a great idea, um, one, one of the different ways you can pray. Another great way to to just make your prayer life a little bit more vibrant is to pray with other people. And honestly, they don't have to be long-term Christians, nor do they have to be new believers. I have learned and been refreshed um, through praying with both. In fact, uh, several times I've prayed with new believers or, or, or people who are following Christ, uh, coming back to Christ after a long time away. And in their prayers, they have cussed. 
okay? And sworn, all right? And, and honestly, it was refreshing because, you know, now I don't, want, I don't want you to do that on purpose, okay? But it was just them, and it was real, and it was raw, and it was just how they talked, and, and it, was, it was encouraging. And then I was praying. There's a group of men that, that get together every Wednesday morning, and I don't always make it, so I, I'm a bad pastor, but... Um, <laughs> 6 to 7 a.m. every Wednesday morning, and several times that I've been there, not all the time, but occasionally when I'm there, there's an older gentleman, and we won't mention Joe's name, but um, he's 80 years old and just had knee surgery recently, but um, he, I remember him praying, and he is joking with God, you know, and you're like, can you do that? Yeah, you know, and I'm laughing, you know, he's praying, and I'm, I'm you know, nobody else is laughing out loud, so I'm quietly laughing. And because he sees God not only as his Lord and Master and Savior, but as his friend. And he's just talking to him. And so praying with other people is so powerful. And that's why today is our day of prayer. So day of prayer is to do two things. One, to encourage us to pray more. But two, and this is even more important, is to encourage us to pray with each other. So... Um, Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20, Jesus says, he says, you know, when two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them, ask anything. When two of you gather together and ask anything in my name, I will give it to them. Because where two or three are gathered, there am I in the, in the middle of them. And, and so does God hear your prayer when you pray all by yourself? Absolutely. And I don't understand this, and there's something mystical about it, uh, but there is a specialness and a power to praying with others that we need to not overlook and neglect. And I, I wondered if maybe it's like if, if one of my kids came up to me and said, Dad, can we go fishing this morning? You know, I might be like, oh, you always want to go fishing. Like, you know, yeah, let's go fishing. And I'd, I'd go fishing with them, but, but man, if all four of my kids came up and said, Dad, let's go fishing, two of them don't even like fishing. Like, I would be like, well, I mean, the answer was going to be yes, but really, really yes now, you know, this is, and, and so maybe it's like that with God, I don't know, but, but it definitely will encourage you, and this is the best way for you. You want to learn how to pray? Go into the room next to the cafe and just spend as much time as you can there, okay? That will be better than listening to my sermon, right, to actually be praying with other people and listening to prayers and, and so that's really what this is designed for. So in uh, pre previous years, I've really pushed to get someone to sign up at, was it 3 a.m.? When were you guys there? 4 a.m.? Joe signed up for the 5 to 6 a.m., Joe and Marge. And, and I was there with John Knapp at some ungodly hour, 12, <laughs> 12 to 1, and the Depew showed up at 1, and they just did that on their own. But more than just covering all the hours, because I don't think we'll cover all the hours. I'm okay with that now. Um, it, it's to be together and to pray together. So before you leave, go into that room, just stand, sit down. There's lots of things on the table. It's very informal. You can write out a prayer. There's, there's different booklets and sheets of paper of ideas of what you can pray for. You can just listen. Um, many times it's just quiet, um, but, but encourage you to do that. Praying, but we're going to, another way to, to help you pray in a more passionate, in a more powerful way, is, is to, to pray the Bible. 
Okay, that's what this book is talking about. That's what I want to talk about um, for the rest of the message today. Praying the Bible. When you do that, it reminds you of what's true of God. And so you can pray. I, I would say you can pray anything in the Bible, but the genealogies are, are, are really a stretch. I'm not, they're not meant to be prayed, okay? But all the Psalms, they, they are, are really, many, most of them are prayers to God. Some of them are songs that kind of we sing to each other or say to each other, but many of them are directed to God. And so that's a great place to go if you want to just start praying the Bible. And, and here's the thing that you'll find when you read the Psalms. And it, actually, if you study the prayers in the Bible that, that we have of Nehemiah, of Daniel, of Jesus, of, of, of others throughout, throughout God's Word, you'll find that they're different than most of our prayers. And I've, I find the most radical difference is most of our prayers, most of the time, deal with people and problems. Whereas most of the biblical prayers, most of the time, deal with God. And it's no wonder if you come away from your prayer list or prayer cards or whatever, and you just feel like, oh, you know, oh, there's so much needs and there's so much hurt and there's so much evil and boy, that, that, I, I'm just kind of discouraged and I know God can do it, but that, then you've probably lost the balance. See, because when, when we think of who God is, so reality says this world is terrible, evil abounds, there are lots of problems. That's reality and we need to pray reality. We need to pray about the evil and how terrible and, but there's another side to reality. And that's who God is. And, and he is faithful, and he's a rock, and he is just, and he is loving, and he is powerful, and he is intelligent, and he is, he is patient, and he is gracious, and all of this, you know, and what he's done through Christ, through, through you know, all, so many stories in his word, so many um, answers to prayer in our own lives. And so, so I, I think this is a great idea, man. When you pray the Bible, it reminds you of what's true from God, and you can take a break from your problems. Take a break from your problems and think about God. So here's a psalm that does that, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord. You know what? Let's, let me do this. I don't have it memorized. So I'm going to just pray this psalm. And it is okay to pray with your eyes open, especially if you're driving. Okay, very important. <laughs> And so I'm just going to pray this song for you. Just give you an example of what, it, what how, maybe how you can pray the Bible. There's no really right or wrong way. But let's pray Psalm 100. Shout to, for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. God, I just thank you that every Sunday we get to come here and do that. Um, to praise you with music. God, I, I often don't. Thank you enough for music, um, but your word reminds me here that singing is a gift, and it, it connects to not just my mind, but my emotions as well, and I just thank you for the band that leads us in doing that every week, and thank you for even Christian radio that allows me to, to sing and belt out songs to you even as I drive during the week. Verse 3, know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us. God, I just thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I think of uh, Dr. Carol Miller years ago, just talking to me just with such joy 
and an amazement at, at blood, the complexity of blood, how we cannot make a suitable, a better replacement of a synthetic blood and, and, and how we don't even understand one of the most simple, life-giving parts of our body. God, I just thank you that you made us and for making us so complicated um, that, that it just shows that you are smarter than we are and your intelligence just helps me to trust you when I don't understand what's going on. So I thank you for that. Verse 3, we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. God, thank you for wanting me, for claiming me, for choosing me to be your people, your sheep, for protecting me like a shepherd, for providing for me like a shepherd. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. God, there's... So many people we meet whose love isn't worth anything because they're just not good. And uh, they don't even know how to love. Thank you that your love for me isn't like that. Thank you that your love endures forever. It's not fickle. It's, it's consistent. It's not unpredictable. It's just solid. And it endures forever. Verse 5, his faithfulness continues through all generations. God, you weren't just faithful to Moses. You weren't just faithful to Jesus' generation of Peter, James, and John. You're faithful to me, to our generation, to, to the generations before us like, like George Washington. God, you will be faithful to my grandchildren's generation. You don't quit. You don't give up. I thank you for that. You're awesome. Amen. So that's, that's just one of the ways, now I'm behind on the verses, of how to pray the Bible. And as we read through that, we see a number of things reminded us of what's true about God. He is our Lord, our creator. He is good. He's our shepherd. He's worthy of praise. He's loving. He's faithful. And, and the more we know about God, the better we can praise him. If, you, if I ran into you at Originals and you just wanted to, you're like, man, I just want to praise your son, Ryan. I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, Ryan, he is just, he is, you know, such a cool kid, six foot two, big hair, great trombone player, loves cooking, such a great chef, size 16 shoe. I'd be like, you know, I'm glad you really love Ryan, but that's not Ryan. He has size nine shoe, not 16. He loves to read. He doesn't like to cook. He doesn't play the trombone. He plays the clarinet, and he's 5'5", five five, and he doesn't really have big hair. I think I know who you're talking about but it's not Ryan, you know? And, and so as we read God's word, it reminds us of who God is. And, and most people in the world, apart from God's word, all people in the world, we would have a very distorted view of God. And God is up there and he's just ready to bring the hammer down on you, you know? And he's this, this harsh and demanding God, or maybe the other end of the spectrum, he's this grandpa that, you know, is just whatever, Santa Claus, and he's just there to do good things, and he never holds anyone to account. You're, there's no fear of a God like that. And so as we read God's word, we understand God better, and it reminds us what's true of him, and we are better able to talk to him and, and to praise him. So it reminds us of who God is. You know, maybe today isn't a good day for you to pray Psalm 100, 
So there's a proverb, Proverb 20, 25. It says, uh, like one who takes away a garment on a snowy day or like vinegar poured on a wound is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. And so there are times where, man, you, you want to pray Psalm 100 because you're, but there are other times where maybe you need to pray Psalm 23, which is a, a psalm of comfort. Or maybe you need to pray Psalm 22, which is a psalm of confusion, anger, questioning God, disappointment with God. There are psalms that, that deal with anxiety. I just came across just this week a, a wedding psalm, and I'd kind of forgotten that was there. You know, and that's not an everyday psalm, but that, you know, and there is a psalm for every season of your life. And so, uh, uh, you know, what you can do is you can just, you know, today's the, I don't know what today is, eighth. You can read Psalm 8. You can add 30 to it. Read Psalm 38 and just go through and just, and just you know, read a psalm until you hit one that you're like, that's, that's where I'm at today. That's, that's how I need to pray. And, and then focus on that. So the, the Bible reminds us what's true about God. It also then, when we pray the Bible, it reminds us of what's true about ourselves. Self-awareness is really important and um, very difficult. All of us have a little bit of self-awareness, but, but all of us also have some self-deception you know, and, and areas of our life that we can't see clearly. And so this next psalm I want to just read through. At first, it starts off praising and telling us what's true about the Bible, and then it gets into what's true about ourselves. So it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. There's going to be all sorts of synonyms for the Bible. Law of the Lord, statutes, precepts, commandments. Um, it's all talking about the Bible. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, worthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. God's word is so important. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all, all of them are righteous. They're more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them... There is great reward. And now he's going to start talking about, that's what was true of God's word, but here's what's true of us. Who can discern their own errors? And that's a rhetorical question, and it means really we all struggle with that. To discern our own errors. Forgive my hidden faults. So there are sins that I commit that I don't even realize I'm committing. Right? And, and uh, you might know, <laughs> But I'm just totally blind to it. In fact, this is one of the hazards of my job. The, the Bible says when words are many, sin is not absent. And so I stand up here and talk for like 30 minutes every Sunday. And then I do it again in the next service. There's a couple Sundays ago, and I don't want to say it again because it wasn't good. But I said something, and I'm like, oh, take it back. And I tried to like undo it, but you know how you just keep digging deeper sometimes, and, and it just, and, you, you know, and, and so, but, but sometimes I know I say things, and I don't even realize it's a hidden fault. Who can discern his own errors? And this is where God's word is so important, and God's people are so important, because they can point out what we don't see ourselves. And when we go to prayer, we need to say, God, 
this is something from your word now that I know about me. I know that there are, there are things that I do that I don't even see that are wrong yet um, because your word tells me that. Lord, uh, reveal those to me. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. This is something true about you, that there are times where you sin on purpose. And you have all sorts of excuses. The the human heart has an unlimited ability to rationalize and self-deceive. And maybe you're saying, well, I'm not hurting anyone else, or it's not a big deal, and both of those are lies. Or maybe this is the last time, which we all know that's a lie. You know, from willful sins that they may not rule over me. Willful sins often become addictions, and you become enslaved to the very thing that you looked and thought was freedom. And that's what's true about ourselves and our human condition. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If your words, if your words are good, and your meditation, your thoughts are good, you're perfect. I mean, those, that, that is so important, those two areas of our lives, words and thoughts. In fact, James, a thousand years after this, which was written in the, a little bit after the time of Christ, this was 1000 BC, this was written, um, James was written about 60, 50 AD, And James talks about that. If you can control your tongue, if you are never wrong in anything you say, you're perfect. And guess what? None of us are perfect. And where do our words come from? They come from the thoughts, the meditations of our hearts. So God, what a great prayer. Help me to think right so I can speak right, so I can be right and do right. Um, And then it closes with some more truth about God. My rock and my redeemer. Um, God is your rock. You are not your own rock. I am certainly not your rock. Okay, your spouse is not your rock. Your parents aren't your rock. Your kids, God needs to be your rock. And I just wanted to read this. We, we just started, this is the first time we did this. Um, we are giving away to adults who get baptized, and I think to teenagers as well, a devotional guide called New Morning, Mercy, New Morning Mercies by Paul... David Paul Tripp or Paul David Tripp or I don't know. But anyway, um, Paul David Tripp. And, and I wanted to read a month ago, um, July 5th. Uh, it's a 365-day devotional. So we're saying, man, if you get baptized, here's, here's a resource that maybe you read one of these little short half-page things uh, every day um, just to, to encourage you in your spiritual life and the scripture that goes with it. Uh, but here's something he said about the rock, God. And, and who we are. He says, our problem is not weakness. God's grace is up to the task. Our problem is our delusions of strength that keep us from seeking the grace that strengthens us in weakness. We just don't like to be weak. We don't like to think of ourselves that way. And we don't want others to see ourselves that way. So we act as if we know what we don't know, can handle what we can't handle, and we don't seek the help that's available. It's all in a failed quest for the self-congratulatory glory of independence. But we are not independent. We were not created to be independent. We were formed to be dependent on the one who made us. 
God does not expect of you what you do not have. He's never shocked or dismayed by your weakness. The person who's shocked and dismayed by your weakness is you. It bothers you. It embarrasses you. It causes you to play act in public and to deceive yourself in private. Jesus calls you to mountains too big to climb so that your inability will make you look to him. Perhaps it's not such a bad thing to come to the end of your rope if at the end of your rope you find a strong and willing Savior. So don't be afraid to cry out in weakness because sometimes in the next week you'll be confronted with your weakness and when you are, you'll either convince yourself that you're strong or you'll run to the one who actually is. And a lot of insight there. God is our rock. He is our redeemer. When you pray through the Bible, it gives you new vocabulary. I don't use the word redeemer very often, right? There's a new, I I don't pray and say, God, you're my rock. That's just not my normal way of talking to God. My normal way of talking to God just gets old and stale. In fact, I have a child who will stay unnamed, who every time he prays, God, thank you for this day. Help tomorrow to go well. Thank you that today went well. That is the beginning of every prayer. In fact, one time I pointed out and said, hey, try just this one time to pray and don't start with, God, thank you that today went well. Help tomorrow to go well. Thank you for this day or whatever it was. And he's like, okay, God, thank you for this day. Help tomorrow. Oh. And, and this is why we often don't pray rote prayers, right? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die, right? Because after a while, after the 3,000th time praying that prayer, it just becomes mindless, right? Because you're saying the same old thing, the same old way, the same old... And, and, and so this is where God's word can help. It can introduce new vocabulary. It can kind of make things different because even if you were to meet, let's say, the most impressive, important, like interesting person who lived in the last 500 years. Let's say you're going to meet with someone like that. Let's say it's Harriet Tubman. And you get to have lunch with Harriet Tubman. And she tells you this amazing story about this, this slave that she rescued and the harrowing escape and the words she said to him to keep him going and not quit and give up. And, and you know, all this. And you're like, wow, that was awesome. And then the next day you get lunch with her again. And it's the same story, told the exact same way. And you say the exact same thing too. And then the third day and the fourth day, a month into it, you're no longer going to be like, yes, I get to have lunch with Harriet Tubman. You're going to start dreading it. Like, oh, Harriet again. <laughs> with, with the story about the guy. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, when we meet with God for prayer, we are talking to the most interesting powerful, amazing person in the universe. But even that will become old and stale if we say the same old things the same old way. And I'm not against lists. I have cards. I have lists. But, but just to do this, maybe to, to add a different dimension to your prayer life. And um, here's, here's what, I had this up last week. Five things. If you're an overachiever, do all five. I didn't even do all five, all right? But pick one or two of these things to do this week, okay? A time and a place you're going to pray every day this week. Maybe you're going to change up the place, like I said at the beginning, but what is the time? What is, you need to schedule it. You need to figure it out or else it won't happen. Two, pray with others today on the day of prayer. We will, there will be, that room will be open till midnight tonight, okay? So I'm sure all of you have some time between now and midnight 
um, to pray there. Start a prayer journal and write what you're praying for and any answers. There's little booklets at the Welcome Center that can help you do this. Um, they, look, they look like this, words to live by, Christian monthly planner, half the year's over. That, that, the planner part's no good. Um, but in the back, there's prayer requests, answers to prayer. Pick up one of those little books, do that, go buy a nice leather-bound special thing for that if you want, or just get a three-ring binder and plain paper, but just do it, start it, and say, I'm going to write down every time God answers a prayer and, and what I'm praying for. Commit to praying for someone far from God or maybe someone you gave up on. And I used to pray for him, but I stopped. Maybe start that back up. This week, commit to never turn the radio on while driving and pray instead. Or I talked to someone after the service. They said, definitely, showers, best time in prayer for me. So all your shower time, you know, don't use it for your good other thinking of other thing time, maybe use it for, for, your, for a prayer time every, every, whenever you take a shower. <laughs> Once a month, whether you need it or not, maybe, I don't know. All right, so let's do that, and let's close in prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, your name is holy. That means it is different. You are not like me. You're not like anybody in this room. You're perfect. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I can't even imagine what that would be like. That your kingdom, that the earth is so messed up. I mean, civil war in Syria, Ethiopia, uh, drug overdoses, Lord, that, that the earth would look like heaven. God, I... That's beyond my comprehension, but God, I ask that you would do that, that your kingdom would come, and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, give us our daily bread. I, I think of at my home, I got a month's worth of food, maybe more. I just thank you for your blessings. God, if there's anyone here that has just today's bread, God, may we be thankful even for that. And if there's someone here who doesn't have any food for today, God, help them to say something take those zucchinis off the Welcome Center and uh, just, God, help us to provide for our family, for those you love. Um, and forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who sinned against us. God, uh, that's a process. Uh, it's not enough to forgive one time. It just keeps coming back up in our minds and there's bitterness and, and there's uh, anger Lord, help us to let go. Set us free from unforgiveness so that we can forgive, so that you can forgive us. God, forgive us for those willful sins. Forgive us for those uh, hidden sins that we don't even see and realize. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom that we want to build. Not Bridgewater's kingdom, not Bob's kingdom. God, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the power forever and ever. Amen.